Welcome back to another edition of Sports Business Secrets. My name is Kevin Tarka. I am the founder of Creation Talent Agency, and I will be releasing a new podcast every single day for an entire year that is specifically designed to share the inevitable challenges of the sports business world and how to overcome them. I'm inviting you to join me in real time on my personal journey of representing professional basketball players, traveling the world, and continuously finding ways to battle through the adversity in this competitive industry. The goal is to share as many secrets as I can to help you along your own path to success. Good morning, friends and family. Welcome back to another episode of Sports Business Secrets. Today is a great day to have a great day. We are talking today about the EuroLeague. I know we've had uh, the past handful of episodes. Uh, topics are essentially outside of, of just basketball, and it was more, uh, let's say, tangible action items to help you along your own journey. But today we're going to get a little bit more specific and get back into pro basketball, specifically overseas. And we're going to talk about the EuroLeague, exactly what it is, and most specifically, the bylaws. Now, I imagine this will turn into a multiple-part series just because of the amount of time it's going to take to discuss all the parts in this. Uh, similar to the frequently asked question volumes, there are 470 pages in the 2020-2021 EuroLeague bylaws. Uh, so we'll just start from the beginning and go over specific topics and then take it from there. So today uh, is, is just the beginning. We'll do a little refresher here on, the, what, on what the EuroLeague is. Uh, and then we will get into the licensing rules for clubs that are part of the EuroLeague. So as a refresher, the EuroLeague is a global leader in the sports and entertainment business. They run the top European competitions of professional basketball clubs under an, a unique and innovative organizational model. Uh, the EuroLeague is actually owned and administered by some of the uh, actual clubs that are a part of it. In, uh, in the details of their license agreements, which we'll get into. But EuroLeague Basketball manages and organizes the, the main basketball competitions in Europe, which is the Turkish Airlines EuroLeague and the Seven Days Euro Cup, as well as the premier under-18 showcase called the Adidas Next Generation Tournament, where uh, you know some of the best under-18 club teams around the world compete for a championship. And they also organize, EuroLeague Basketball also organizes a series of community and educational programs. Uh, it has corporate and social responsibility programs, one of them called One Team, which fe features all the EuroLeague Basketball clubs that make a difference in their community. They, they, they help administer those events and give them resources to to run that, run those types of programs within their organizations. It is, in addition, one of the uh, home to one of the best secondary educational programs in the world. Maybe that was a little bit biased because I am an alumni of it, but they run the Sports Business NBA, which trains future professionals in sports management. So that that is what the EuroLeague, uh, the EuroLeague offices and headquarters do. Their headquarters are in Barcelona, Spain, which if you've followed me for a while, you've seen me post about it pretty much every time I go back to I go back to Spain. Um, so that's that's a little refresher there. And today, the main topic that we'll dive into is uh, just the beginning part of the bylaws. 
And this is the, the part about club licensing rules. So as mentioned, the EuroLeague is comprised of 18 teams, and those 18 teams are granted licenses to participate each and every single year. Now, there are two different types of licenses. One is long-term licenses, and the other one is associated licenses. So licensed clubs participate, uh, obviously, as I mentioned, on a long-term basis, and associated clubs participate on a one-season basis usually, uh, sometimes two one-year agreements, but um, it's through a wild card entry or under some conditions that automatically qualify them, which we'll get into here shortly. So the criteria for licensed clubs is a long list of things, some of which include the geographic location of the club. Uh, so actually, if we're getting down to specifics here, the geographic location of the club must include 200,000 inhabitants within a 200 square kilometer radius. So for those of you that always get confused by kilometers and miles, one kilometer is about 0.62 miles. So if you run a 5K, you run 3.1 miles. It's something I try to do in every city that I'm in to, to, to see the city. So uh, 200 kilometers is 124 square mile radius. Now, New York City is about 300 square miles. Yes, I had to look that up, but I wanted to give you I wanted to give you a, a basis for how big that is. So if you want to be a EuroLeague team, you have to have a city or I guess a, a, a geographic location that includes around 200 or at least 200,000 inhabitants. So the, there's a lot of other stipulations, including the arena, right? The arena has to have a capacity of 10,000 fans. Now there are some, there are some, uh, let's say loopholes if you are a team that qualifies uh, for, you know, a, a wild card or, or if you win one of the other competitions in order to qualify, then it doesn't have to be 10,000. But for these, these long-term licensed clubs, uh, I don't think that there are any that have a loophole that do not have 10,000 fans. Maybe there's a couple that have two stadiums that, uh, that have, a lower capacity and one has more than it, but that's the main stipulation for your arena. The main airport must be within four hours from Frankfurt. Frankfurt is considered, I guess, the central hub of, of, of Europe, and you can pretty much get anywhere from that large international airport. So you have to be within four hours of that, you know? So if you're flying from Frankfurt to Moscow, I think that flight's about almost three hours. Uh, you also have to have two four-star hotels within a 25-kilometer uh, distance of the arena. And so th there are all sorts of stipulations that really just aim to make, make it professional and easier and high level for teams that are involved because you don't want uh, a team being in the EuroLeague that has to – I mean, travel is as crazy as it is. So you don't want a team in EuroLeague that travels – an hour and a half by bus to, from their hotel to the arena. And then you don't want a team that gets to the arena and there's, you know, 150 fans there, right? You, you want to make sure that everything, the logistics of what these teams do is, is as efficient as possible. And that's why there's all these stipulations. Now, you, if you're a EuroLeague licensed club, you must meet the financial stability and fair play regulations as well, which – We'll probably start with volume two because that's a whole nother ball game. Uh, 
which talks about all the rules and regulations about the finances of the club, what they need to report, and much more. So there's, there's actually a limit for licensed clubs per league. And once there are two licensed clubs from one league, there are no more licensed clubs allowed. So you'll probably remember back to it was 2017 when Turkey had four teams. Four teams from Istanbul were in the EuroLeague, which was crazy, which made uh, – the, the, that was the year I went to the Final Four in Istanbul, and that it made that year uh, and the competitions crazy just because of the hometown, hometown love and hometown fans. Um, so Fenerbahce and Andolu Efes were the two – the two licensed clubs, and then the other two associated clubs were Galatasaray and Dar Shafaka, which I think I think Galatasaray won the Euro Cup that year, if I'm not mistaken, and Dar Shafaka got a wild card. But anyways, right now, out of the 18 teams, there are 11 licensed clubs. I'm just going to listen for you here, just just to run down that run down that list. There are there are four in Spain. You have Real Madrid. Oh, I'm sorry, three in Spain: Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Basconia. There are two in Turkey, Anadolu Efes and Fenerbahce. There's two in Greece, Olympiakos and Panathinaikos. And then there's one in Italy, Lithuania, Russia, and Israel. You have uh, Milan, Zalgiris, Seska Moscow, and Maccabi Tel Aviv. So those are the 11 licensed clubs. Now, the other seven spots go to the associated clubs, which I was referring to before. And the associated clubs are filled by various ways. One could be um, that EuroLeague says, hey, we want, you know, we, we see you potentially having a long-term license in the future. Let's, uh, let's give you uh, an associated club license and, and then we can continue to talk to see how you do. And then, for example, those are teams like Asvel, uh, right, from, from France or Alba Berlin, who's obviously been around for a long time and, and wins the, 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 the German League most uh, many years. But those are two clubs that they're in talks with, like, hey, maybe we can transfer this license, this associated license, to a long-term license, right? Uh, this, uh, two of those associated club spots go to the Euro Cup champion and the runner-up from the previous year. And then there's a mix of, of wild cards from the champion of the Adriatic League, the VTB League, uh, Bundesliga from Germany, ACB Spain, most of which – it's usually won by a team who's already holding a license. So that's why it's a mix of teams. So for example, like I just said, if Alba Berlin wins, um, actually, no, that's, that's, I guess that's a bad example. So if let's say Maccabi Tel Aviv wins the, uh, the winter league in Israel, uh, right. That's, that's one of the top leagues. Then they obviously already have a, a, a long-term license or let's say, um, let's say, let's, let's take a team from Spain. Say Real Madrid or Barcelona. Let's say they win the ACB. So obviously they're already in the Euro League because they have their their long term licenses. Uh, so if that's the case, then obviously they don't give the automatic champion to them. It's already taken. So that's why there's like a mix of of associated clubs that win win leagues, win domestic leagues to get their automatic bid, and associated clubs that are there on on wild card or just long term talks. So. That was a lot, I know. Um, actually, before I end, I guess I can I can give you the seven other spots to finalize those 18 teams. So the other spots are Alba Berlin and Bayern Munich, Kim Ki Moscow and Zenit St. Petersburg, Valencia, Servena Zvezda from Serbia, uh, and Asvel. 
So those are the those are the 18 total Euroleague teams and how they got there. So again, guys, the, the, the bylaws that I just went over were just what club licensing rules, like what it takes to be in the Euroleague the, and the rules that you have to abide by. So there's, like I mentioned, almost 400 more pages that we got to go over. And I think next, I'm going to wrap it up on this topic today. But next topic I'll go over is the financial uh, stability and fair play regulations. And with that, I will leave it to you to have an excellent rest of your day. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could give it a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're feeling really crazy, you can even share it on social media. As always, if there's a topic you want me to talk about further or a guest you would love to hear on the podcast, just shoot me a message on social media at Kevin Tarka. Thanks again, and I'll see you here tomorrow morning on Sports Business Secrets.